Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Hey, I'm Ruben. My band and I have a new song. I'm also a tow truck driver. When you move over and slow down, you're making sure I get to go home at the end of the day and see my bandmates. When you see flashing lights, remember, they're not just roadside workers. Thank you for moving over and slowing down. And now, now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow now, is there? Anybody wants to get mellow, you can turn around and get the fuck out of here, all right? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host A. Trunk. What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Trunk, and welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New episodes every Thursday, anywhere you get your podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you do not miss one. Newsmaking interviews with the biggest names in rock. And remember, everything you hear on the podcast originated on my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation, heard live Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 Eastern, on Faction Talk, Sirius XM Channel 103, or anytime on the SiriusXM app. If you are in the U.S. or Canada and you only listen to this podcast, you're only getting a tiny fraction of what we do on the radio each and every weekday. So come on board and join me on Trunk Nation on Faction Talk 103. And if you'd like, you can get a free trial subscription to SiriusXM. No credit card required. All you got to do is go to SiriusXM.com slash Eddie Trunk. Hear what you've been missing, hear the full show, get involved, it's live, you can interact, hear each and every uh, show each and every weekday, sixth show on Hair Nation as well. Just become a SiriusXM subscriber and join us for the full picture of everything that goes on uh, by uh, coming on board and joining us each and every day. No excuse not to at least sample it for three months free, SiriusXM.com slash Eddie Trunk. Upcoming appearances for me, January 12th, I'll see you at Rise Rooftop in Houston, where I'll be hosting an evening with Mr. Big as they kick off their farewell U.S. tour. Then I am at Rock Island in Key West, looking forward to that. Then hosting an event in memory of Leslie West, a charity event for Music Cares. That's going down at the Canyon Club in Agora Hills, California. 
and hope you join me for that. It's uh, happening on the 23rd of January, 24th of January. Catch me at the Metal Hall of Fame hosting and being inducted, and that is in Anaheim, California. More details on the homepage of eddytrunk.com, and be sure to follow on my social media at eddytrunk, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. Two guests on the podcast this week. One, a newer, younger artist, but we'll start with a legendary, classic Rock and Roll Hall of Fame artist. We'll start with Ace Freely, frequent guest over the decades on my radio show, also performed recently at my 40th anniversary event in radio in Las Vegas. Ace is a guy that I've literally known now for about 40 years and a guy still making new music. He announced a brand new record. And on the time that we had him on the air, had just released his single and video from that album for a song called 10,000 Volts. So the interview you're about to hear with Ace Freely, again, aired live on Sirius XM, and it happened like a day before Kiss played their farewell shows at Madison Square Garden, which of course we know Ace was not a part of. But we talk about that a little bit and also talk about his new single, and coming new record. So the one and only Ace Freely, who, by the way, just for clarity, you'll hear him during the interview have a problem with his phone connection. We all know that Ace is always kind of spacey. So there were a lot of people thinking, oh, that's just Ace being Ace again. Not true. In defense of Ace, we found out the next day we actually did have a problem with our phone feeding back. So it was not him just being out there. (laughs) <laughs> he really, we really did have a legitimate problem, which we had to fix, obviously. But just a little clarity on that, because everybody likes to say, oh, Ace was out to lunch and all of that. No, he really did. There really was a legitimate phone thing going on. So we'll start with Ace. And second, Mark LaBelle, lead singer of the band Dirty Honey, put out a fantastic new album in 2023 called Can't Find the Breaks. Had a chance to see Dirty Honey perform in Vegas at a small club called The Sand Dollar. Phenomenal concert. Great, young, bluesy, totally live, real rock band. Love those guys. I've been on them since day one. So we'll start with Ace, and then we'll finish up with Mark from Dirty Honey on this week's podcast. Enjoy. All right, well, we've been celebrating the history of Kiss all week on this show for the most part, and uh, we are going to do that a little bit more now, but also talk about new music because – Ace just dropped brand new music uh, yes, uh, Tuesday, I think it was. Yeah, Tuesday. Great sounding new song, 10,000 Volts, from the coming album of the same name. And joining us to talk a little bit about it right now is the one and only Ace Freely. How are you, buddy? Hey, uh, thanks so much for having me on. It's, it's been a crazy two days. You know, I, I've i been looking at the... Hello? Yeah, I got you. Go ahead. We're, we're, I'm okay. listening. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I I was looking at. Uh, I'm hearing shit in the background. What is that? Uh, it's not on my end. You sound good on my end. Uh, okay, let me. Try. No, it's still there. I'm gonna have to call you back. There's All right, like call another call. conversation. I'm hearing. All right, try to maybe get a bad line. Try us back. Okay, bye-bye. But is that better? Yeah. All right. Maybe you just got some some interference from outer space. 
Yeah, it's uh, people from Gendella trying to contact me to congratulate me on my new single. <laughs> That's what I just said. <laughs> That's what I just said. But congratulations, man. It's it's um I told you I texted you last night because I know before you came on to talk about it, you wanted to get a feel for the reaction with the video and the song being out. And I gotta tell you, and I'm not just saying it, I mean everybody I've talked to has said nothing but positives. It you had sent me songs a while ago, so I knew what was coming, but now that the public has uh, heard it and the response has been so great, that's gotta that's gotta feel great, I would think. I, I am completely beside myself because the song has been out only two days and I have over 2,000 comments on YouTube and 193,000 views in a two-day yeah. period. And, of course, today, that's what the music business is all based on, those kind of numbers. Of course, when you started and when I started, it was about selling records and all that sort of thing. And that's still a small part of it, but yeah, having people click and listen and watch is really what it all comes down to these days. Yeah. I remember having to go to radio stations. You know what? When I talk, it seems like there's an echo of my voice. I don't know why that's happening. I don't know either. Cause you sound totally fine on our end. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want us to? Do you want us to try to call you? Maybe that would clean up the echo. All right, let's try. Yeah, but it's not, so. Listen, the phone call is not going to come from my cell phone, so make sure you pick it up. All right, we're going to call you right back. I, I, I'm I'm laying here in bed waiting for a phone call. Okay, we'll call you right back. We'll hang up and call you right Thank back. Thank you. Let's see if we can get Ace's audio cleaned up. I don't know what's happening on his end. Joel, you got the number. Go ahead and call him, please. Not sure what's up. Sounds fine on our end. All right, hopefully we can get Ace on a clean line, at least for him to hear properly. We'll see what happens here. Uh, maybe he's on a payphone. <laughs> talked about earlier payphones. Maybe we need those back. Oh, God. How's this? Is this any better? This is much better. All right, good, good. So, yeah, man, the response has been great. Tell, tell me about the history of the song, because it's the title track to the new album. It's the lead song. Is this a brand-new song? Did you have this knocking around? What are the origins of the song? Well, 10,000 Volts was written... You know, I'm still hearing his fucking echo. I don't know what it is. Of my own voice. I don't know if it's your system, but uh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll try to work around it. Yeah, I don't know. You sound great over the air, Ace. I don't know why it's coming back to you no, like you that. you sound Joel great. I sound great, but then there's some noise following when I speak. AJ, just double check the board, the phone, make sure nothing's popped in that shouldn't be or anything. Yeah, everything's all your routed. Yeah, no, that was just him. He's he's checked. We he said everything looks fine on our end. I don't know why it's happening. Test one two. Test one two. See, there's an echo, but it's not as loud as my voice. Uh, I mean, I can probably live with it. 
All right. Well, I won't keep you too long if that's bothering you. But uh, yeah, it's what did you want to say about? I, I, you know, I, I live with it. So the history of the song. The history of the song. I don't know. I, I'm I'm trying to remember which. Uh, fuck! It is starting to bother me. It. Uh, the history of the song is. It was, I don't remember which which. Uh, you know, we, we, me and Steve collaborated on so many songs, I'm not sure. All I can tell you is Cosmic Heart was the last song we, we wrote together. And Walking on the Moon was the first song we wrote, which was originally going to be the title of the album, but it's now it's going to be the second single. And um, when you say Steve, Steve Brown who was really a big collaborator with you on this record, right? Steve, Huge. we all know Steve's an old friend. Steve's a buddy from Trickster, talented guitar player. Uh, tell me about working with him and how that came about, Ace, because I know he co-produced the record with you and wrote a lot of the songs with you. Me and Steve have been friends for years, but uh, uh, I... I hesitated to get with him because I didn't know him that well. You know, it was more of uh, just a casual, hello, hi, how you doing, bada bing. But, uh, you know, my fiance Laura, said, you got to get together with Steve. Anyway, I called up Steve and said, why don't we get together here? And he sent me a song with completely different lyrics, but it had the walking on the moon uh musical riffs and whatnot and uh he had a line in the chorus that said walking on the moon but it wasn't the ending line so i said steve listen to me come to my house let's make this song great but it's got to end with walking on the moon and we'll make you know we'll make the song around we'll build the song around that and i pretty much rewrote most of the lyrics and uh it's going to be the second single that we're going to release in January. Well, I'll tell you, man, the response to everything here has been great. The song, people have been digging the song, the video, everything. And um, as you, I've seen you say, and I mean, this is a, this is a tall order, but you feel that this is the best record you've made since the 78 solo record. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And I, you know, I can't say enough good things about Steve Brown. For some reason, me and, you know, Steve's a big fan of mine. And he told me, I, he, between me and Eddie Van Halen, that's the reason he picked up the guitar. So, uh, you know, working with Steve, you know, he he's just so excited to work with me. And uh, once I realized uh, how good of a guitar player he was and songwriter. Uh, I was thrilled to have him uh, work with me on this record. And he's also a very good engineer and engineered most of the stuff on this record. Ace, talk about the other people that played on the record or contribute to the record. And we can dig more uh, into the whole record go. when it comes out. I don't even know all the people that played on the record. <laughs> All I can tell you is towards the end, there were like three songs that I thought were really great. And I said, let's get Anton Trigg to play drums on them. Not that the tr drum track wasn't bad. It just wasn't 
a 10. Mm-hmm. You know, and as far as I'm concerned, Anton Fig's the best drummer in the world. So uh, that's why I did so much work with him in the past. And luckily he was available and uh, I got him to play on 10,000 volts and two other songs. Yeah, so Steve texted me, and he told me who's on 10,000 Volts. It's uh, you and him, obviously. It is um, Anton on drums. Um, David Julian. Who's David Julian? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, what, what, you know, Steve would come to my house. We, we'd knock out a solo. I'd knock out a lead vocal. And then he'd take right. it back to his studio. You know, we didn't have guys come in and, you know, do bass and, and whatnot and percussion. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I know Joey Caserta who played drums. Joey Caserta, right. And he's and a PJ. And I and know PJ uh, Farley. Uh, his, uh, I know uh, Steve's bass player. What's PJ. His name? PJ. Yeah. He's a great guy and a great bass player, and he did some great bass work, especially on, uh, you know, we tried to kind of do a tribute to John Regan, who recently passed away, because he played such a great bass line on Back Into My Arms Again, which I decided to re-record after 40 years. And uh, I told him to, you know, try to copy John Regan's feel, and I think he did a good job of it. Well, yeah, so, okay, so whoever David Julian is, he co-wrote the song. He has a writing credit, according to Steve, and he also played some guitars on it. And Bruno Ravel from the band Danger Danger mixed and mastered it. So that's the lineup, at least, for yeah, a good think, song yeah, everybody knows. Bruno's house. Uh, I remember him, and uh, he did a fantastic job, you know, uh, mixing and, and mastering the record. My, but let me I ask you. I had to Bruno. Let me ask you about back into my arms again, because um, a, a friend of mine, uh, Tommy Higgins, who plays in uh, classic 70, 78, he brought that up to me as well, that that's an old song from like, like you said, 40 years ago that you've finally recorded. Tell me about pulling that one out. And um, you mentioned John Regan, who we all miss and sadly passed away. And, you know, any thoughts you may have on him? Well, John was an amazing bass player, and uh, unfortunately, I think my drug and alcohol use, you know, uh, we slowly ended up uh, going our own ways because uh, I don't think he could take my crazy behavior, which is well, uh, uh, which is, which is pretty much true with Paul and Gene. Except they never wanted to kick me out of the band, so I had to quit. Well, you know, with John, of course, you know, when I started working with you back in 87, I know John was a yeah. huge part of it, and I love John, and you're right. I mean, yeah. John, I've John told... John was a with, great, great, great guy. And very much, like, in those crazy times, because I was with you during those times, too. I mean, John was really... Exactly. I've told a lot of people since he passed away, he was really a lot of the glue and holding it together, especially when you did go off the rails. He was really the stabilizing guy. Well, what John did was pretty much a lot what uh, John Ostrowski does. He was the one that collected the money. You know, 
I hate dealing with money and receipts and and paying the band and all that crap. So I let John Regan do that, and he was very good at it, and I trusted him. And uh, for many years, that's the way we worked. He was not only my bass player, but you know he did a lot of uh, the other the stuff a road manager would do. Tell me about doing that old song, though. Uh, what made you want to do that now, 40 years later, on this next record? It happened, it happened by accident. You know, me, me I was sitting in, uh, I was sitting in uh, Steve Brown's studio, you know, which is about 40 minutes from my house. And uh, we were looking at, we were on YouTube looking at uh, stuff that I had written, and it was a demo of Back Into My Arms Again. And she said, what the hell is this? I go play it. It's a song that I wrote 40 years ago, but I've never put on record. And uh, he listened to it and he goes, this is a great fucking song. I said, well, why don't we re-record it, you know? And he was gung-ho and kind of pushed me into that direction as well. And it turned out great. Have you heard the... Uh, new version no you sent me some songs but i don't think you sent me that one but i've heard cherry medicine right, some wait, of the other stuff up, I'll send it to you. yeah it was uh well everything i heard was great and i'm, I'm you know people are going to really love this and the the reaction already to the 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 uh, lead track has been great when you go out and play live and i know you got a bunch of dates lined up including Monsters of Rock Cruise next year which i host every year so i can't wait to be on the ship with you oh, but it's um, be a lot of fun yeah, when you go out on your upcoming gigs, are you go are you going to work in ten thousand volts? Are you going to do you want to play Absolutely. a lot of this record live on your shows? Absolutely. You know, uh, I I think it's a must that I start getting a little more current. You know, I, I I read comments from from my fans, and one of their biggest complaints is I put out great records, but I never played the songs live. So. Uh, we're definitely going to put 10,000 volts in the set, and we're probably going to put Walking on the Moon in the set. And the third single, which is coming out, you know, about a week before the release of the uh, album, which is going to be released February 24th, we're going to release Cherry Medicine, which is another kick-ass killer rock tune. Yeah, I've heard you both of those. That one. Yeah, I did. You sent me both of those. Those were great. And, you know, talking about the set list, Ace, I know that people say that, but the, the and I see this with a lot of bands. The problem, though, is is that you when you've got the Kiss catalog, which so, which so many people want to hear, and then some of your solo stuff, and then the '78 record. There's only so much you can do, and you know, I'm sure like you did dates with Alice Cooper and stuff. I mean anybody's going to want to yeah, lean I on the best known stuff. Everybody so knows even more songs. Right. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it's hard because you want to please everybody all the time, but that's impossible. Right. Yeah. No, it's the balancing act. I see so many artists who have big catalogs, try to deal with that and try to figure out how to make that all work. So, well, and, and last thing on the new music, tell me about the video. Pretty much a straight-up performance video, but it's your live band that people see in the video. It's uh, it's uh, Ryan and Jeremy and uh, Scott Coogan, so those are the guys in the video. 
Well, I felt if I was going to do a video, I should use my touring band because that's the people, you know, when we perform it live, those are the guys that are going to be performing it with me. And where did you Wait. shoot the video? Excuse me? Where did you shoot the video? We shot it in New Jersey in some studio. I don't know where. Okay. It was crazy because uh, we got the address of one studio and we ended up only finding out the day of the shoot that it was in a different studio. So, you know, I didn't get there, you know, for another hour and a half. Uh, but, you know, somehow, some way, everything worked out. You know, it always does with me. I'm the kind of guy that, you know, that, uh, you know, well, I'll be losing a football game and, you know, one minute before the, the clock runs out, I, I make a touchdown and it always works out. That's, that's my life story. <laughs> well, that's, that's good to have luck fall in your favorite like but that. No you doubt. You know me well enough and you know, I do under all, all sorts of adversity. I still pull it out, pull it out of the hat like a rabbit. <laughs> Well, listen, man, we'll talk more about the full record when it comes out, when everybody has a chance to hear it. But congrats on the single and video being out there now and the great response to it. Um, obviously, I could not let you go here on a Thursday, you know, as, as everybody knows. And I don't know if you timed this this way with Kiss announcing these final two shows tomorrow and Saturday that they claim will be the end. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? I was thinking about that and saying it on the air earlier with all this stuff they're doing in New York City and so many of these images, many of them featuring you. I mean, what are what are your thoughts going into knowing that they allegedly are ending this weekend? Well, you know, to be honest, I, I don't really believe they're end, ending, that, ending, ending their touring career. You know, how many times have they said they were going to retire? How many times have a half a dozen groups said they were going to retire and still come back? Uh, personally, I don't know what their plans are. I know uh, Gene is uh, planning on buying a realty company, and he wants me to go in on it with him and sell swamp land in New Jersey. <laughs> are you serious? No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> nothing would surprise me though. That that doesn't sound that doesn't sound out of the realm of possibility for Gene. I know it's. <laughs> Crazy. Because, <laughs> you know, he, he used that joke when we did the Tom Snyder show. Oh, yeah, all right. And, uh, I never forgot it. I thought it was, I, did, I thought it was funny, but, you know, Tom didn't really, really uh, crack up at all or take much notice of it. Uh, that was one of the greatest perform. That was one of the greatest interviews in Kiss history. That, but what? But you like, like I was saying this before. Like on a on an, like do do you? I know you're not a part of the band. I know you've said you're not going to be a part of these shows in any way. You're not going or anything like that. But is there anything like for you? Like if this is if this is how they're ending, do you have any emotions about it? Do you have any feelings about it? I mean, it was your baby too. Do you have any feelings about it at all? Or are you just so not disconnected from it? It's I'm like, so whatever. I'm happy. I'm not involved. Last <laughs> night, I, last night I, I, uh, watched the Indianapolis show from front to back on YouTube. 
know, and, and it got like uh, they had 10 comments, and maybe a couple of thousand views. Uh, but, you know, compared to what I'm doing right now, you can't hold a candle to it. You know, it, it's probably better they retire and uh, hopefully I won't have to listen to them put me down anymore. <laughs> so just for the record, because, you know, I still have people calling me friends like as recently as like today or texting me yeah. saying Ace is definitely not going to be there. You will have no role in what goes on this weekend, right? It's absolutely. Look, if Gene calls me up and offers me a million dollars to come up and play a couple of songs, obviously I'll show up. But I, I really doubt that's going to happen. Because pretty much Paul runs the band, and uh, he's already made a statement that if me and Peter got up on the stage, we would mar their performance, ironically. Have you talked to Peter at all? Excuse me? Have you talked to Peter at all? Uh, No, not not really. I spoke to him about couple of months ago about a convention for cancer you know that thing i did uh, down right. in florida yeah and uh i called him up and asked him if he would do it with me and uh he didn't want to do it and uh that was the last time we spoke so to your knowledge he's got nothing to do with this weekend either I have no idea what, I mean, as far as the last time I spoke to Peter, he, he mentioned he was working on a new album. You know, God bless him. I, I I hope he finishes it and puts it out finally. It's been a long time. You know, this album took me 13 months to finish. But uh, I'm really glad I took my time because I think it's going to show when people listen to the songs. You know, we just, we didn't just throw songs together. We, you know, we put a lot of effort into the uh, guitar playing and the melodies and the lyrics and, and the production. Yeah, well, people will be able to hear that for sure when the full record comes out. And, of course, you can hear it now with 10,000 Volts, which has been released. The single and the video is out now. Ace, one last thing, and I'll let you go. You mentioned that... um you watched a Kiss show last night from the current tour. What inspired you to do that? Just curiosity. No, I was, I, I see. I, I was, uh, I was on YouTube looking uh, to see how well my uh, new single was being received, and you know it's going through the roof. And then I was just curious, so I clicked on uh, Kiss uh, Indianapolis, and uh, it was. Uh, I think they had 10 comments, uh, uh, you know, 2,000 views or something like that, uh, you know. And it, it it just made me realize how, you know, how karma works, you know. <laughs> when you look, when you think about this, though, you, again, my point about all this is, whatever version of the band is ending on Saturday is ending, but you, Peter, Gene, and Paul created something that let's be honest, what they're doing now is all about what the four of you created. It's, it's all about the history. It's all about 
that original period of the band, which the four of you were huge. You made that all happen. I mean, um, it's, it's gotta be like, like I was saying this earlier on the air, like I, I can understand, like you, there's still gotta be some sort of sense of pride because what you had a hand in creating lasted 50 years and will last for long past when we're gone. So for you, there's gotta be some satisfaction in that. I would think, right. Look, I mean, you know, a lot of KISS fans aren't the brightest people in the world. I mean, Ace fans are sharp. And, I mean, uh, you know, as it, little as a few years ago, I used to get phone calls from people, and they would ask me for KISS tickets. And I said, uh, you know, I'm not playing in the band anymore. And... A lot of people don't even know it, you know? It's like, uh, you know, when I quit the band the second time, they kind of buried it and really didn't make any uh, a big press release about it because, you know, Tommy was wearing my makeup and uh, they kind of just wanted people to think that, you know, maybe it was the Lace Fairly. They definitely didn't uh, make a big deal about it. I mean, you remember what happened. Well, I told that story early on. I mean, I think it was that way early on. I think most people, I think, I, I said before, I think that there's casual fans that just don't know anything and they just go with it and they go here, they hear yeah, rock and I roll mean, night I and see stuff blow up. and the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, but now with the canned vocals and, uh, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Paul Stanley was doing Detroit Rock City. Uh, no, he was doing uh, Love Gun. He wrote that song. He's not even singing on the choruses. Yeah, well, he's, I mean, he's look. Like they're dancing around on this platform. And there's a re... It was completely bewildering to me how you could write it. That's like, that's like me performing Shock Me and not singing it, you know? I well, don't know. on a positive... Yeah, no, I look, I mean... I, I don't want to get it, and uh, I'm glad it's, it's going to be over in a few days. Okay, so then on a positive note, tell me this. When you look back on your contributions to KISS, do you have a favorite album, song, period, show? Is there anything in your time in KISS that you personally was like a highlight for you? What What are your... When you look back on the band you helped create and this phenomenon you helped create... What are your personal highlights, whether it's a song, an album, a tour? What what jumps out at you is the thing that you're most proud of? What, what always jumps, when people ask me that question, what always jumps out in my mind is uh, the, the weekend we did three nights sold-out shows at the Madison Square Garden when I was in the band. And uh, that was one of the high points of my career. I mean, all, all the albums were interesting and, uh, you know, they wouldn't have sounded like they did without my guitar playing. And uh, a lot of people say that my solos are almost like a song within a song. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I'm watching Tommy Thay play my solos. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize I wrote them. But be that as it may, you know, I'm completely removed from those guys. You know, I'm doing a cruise. I got a new record. I'm going to release three new singles. 
I think they're going to be very well received. And just as they're winding down, I'm taking off. And and just to make sure that I know what you're talking about. When you said the seventy-seven, the three nights at Madison Square Garden, you talking back in seventy-seven? Uh, I believe so. Because that that was my first ever concert, the third night in seventy-seven. You guys did three nights in a row in December. But then, of well, course, when you re well, isn't that special? <laughs> yeah, it's it's very special to me. But when you know when you came back and the reunion happened in '96, you actually eclipsed that and did four nights at the Garden. Now that I don't remember, but you know that's because you know I wasn't sober. I think I think it was. I think I'm right on that. I'm pretty sure it was four. But regardless, the, playing the Garden in yeah. those three shows in '77 were were monumental and that was the peak of of the kiss mania and and all of that but do you have a favorite you don't have a favorite album like for me my favorite album is rock and roll over do you have a favorite album uh besides my 78 solo album uh i mean probably the first album even though when i listen to the production i cringe <laughs> but uh you know, it was it's what started everything. That right. and Alive are my two favorite Kiss records. Alive One and the first album we recorded together. You know, back in the early days, it was all for water, one for all. And then, you know, once we became super famous and millionaires, we all went off in our own direction. Gene started dating Cher and Diana Ross. I was, you know... I bought a mansion in Connecticut and built a $800,000 studio. And that was back in the 70s. So today that would have been like uh, $2 million. But uh, in any event, you know, things turned out the way they were supposed to turn out. I'm healthier than I've ever been. You know, I'm working out. I have a beautiful woman. And... Uh, she, she always, uh, you know, for example, the song Constantly Cute, I'll tell you a quick story. I was talking to Laura, and we're looking at photographs of me from the 70s through to, to today. And I'm saying, you know, look, look how much better I looked here. I didn't have wrinkles and this and that. And she goes, forget about it. You're constantly cute. And she was, and then she kept talking. I said, "Stop! Don't talk anymore." Constantly cute. That's a great song title. <laughs> I called up Steve and I go, "Let's write a song, Constantly Cute." He came over and we knocked it off in a day or two. <laughs> you never know where song ideas are going to come from. And uh, you know, one other, yeah, you know, it's it's just. Uh... Yeah, like I wrote Cold Gin on the subways of New York City. I was taking the detain down to rehearsal, and I got the idea for the guitar riff in my head. I got down to the rehearsal, and I played it for Paul, Gene, and Peter, and they said, oh, that could be a great song. Let's try to develop it, you know? And uh, it's still one of the Kiss classics. So, do, you remember, uh, you know, do you remember when you wrote, do you remember writing Strange Ways? Vaguely. I mean, because that's such a heavy riff. I just wondered if there was any song behind, any story behind that, if that had been around in your head for a while. I know it's going back a long time, but. 
uh, you know, it, it was just a song I put together, a heavy riff, and uh, I developed it. And uh, one of my favorite guitar solos I've ever done is the one in, uh, what was that song? Oh, the one in Strange Ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's me a too. real unique guitar solo. I was trying to do a solo in the control room, and I said to Eddie Kramer, let me go out and stand in front of the Marshall stack. I'll do it without headphones. Just give me a click. And uh, I played that solo in one take, and it came out amazing. Yeah, no, that is a classic solo. Well, listen, buddy, I don't want to hold you too long. I know you're busy. I know you got a lot going on with the song coming out and the record coming out. We'll do a whole lot more. Uh, in the new year when people have a chance to hear the record. And uh, I'm I'm excited. I think, you know, I'm going to see you in Vegas for my, my 40th coming up soon. So uh, I believe you're making what, what that. So that? I'm excited. The D- December 11th, a week from Monday. Yeah, I was just talking to Laura about that. We're trying to figure out whether we're going to get there early or stay late. It all depends on the interviews. You know, I have so much. I've been doing so many interviews and, uh, working with the artist to work on the sleeve for the second single and the third single and, you know, approving this, that, and the other thing. But uh, we're definitely going to be there. And uh, if you want me to get up and play a song or two, I'd be more than happy to. Well, you know, it's 40 years for me this year. If you remember 10 years ago from my 30th, you you and Peter played in New York at the Hard Rock. So this is even going to be It'd be even bigger than that. And yeah, man, look, I'm honored you're coming and we're going to give all the money to charity that's made that night. And um, it's going to be a ton of cool artists jamming. And of course, I'd be honored if you did that. And if you do go in early, come in at least. I'm going to know everybody there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's going to I've not announced everyone that's going to be there, but it's going to be a really, really big night. And um if you do come in early, come in a day early, at least a day early than the event, because if you do, I'm going to put a dinner together the night before. So hopefully you can come out to that with Larry. Where <laughs> Well, I'm not going to say because we don't want people showing yeah. up there, but we're going to figure it out. Well, if we do it, we'll do it in the back room like we did mine. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm not sure where we're going to go yet, but I'll definitely send you a text. Yeah, well, I, I, it, it all depends on my schedule as far as interviews. I mean, I mean, I just got off the phone with Rock Candy. I did the cover. I'm getting uh, did an interview with the guitar player the other day. Uh, photo sessions. You know, I've been going crazy. Well, good. That's but a good kind of crazy, a man. Talking to you, Ed, because you know you're a dear friend, and I was just telling Laura, you know, before she left, she had to go to the city. Uh, I said, you know, it's always great talking with Ed because I know he's never going to throw me a curveball. <laughs> nah, man, how long we known each other? It's four, almost 40 years know, at this 30 point. 30 years plus? 35. Crazy. Totally crazy. But all good, man. Um, thank you so yeah, much for the I'll, time, as always. Be in Vegas, and I'm probably going to stay over an extra few days because, you know, I need to recuperate from all this insanity. And you like to play some blackjack. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, I like blackjack. I like playing slots, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> I used to like roulette, but, you know, it, it just seems like uh, 
it doesn't work for me anymore. <laughs> you know, when, when, when Resorts International opened up in Atlantic City, when Atlantic City first got their gambling license, I went down to Resorts International and I won $50,000 playing roulette. Wow. And I don't think I'm ever going to be able to redo that because for some reason <laughs> the ball seems to bounce out of my my. The number I pick, you know, conveniently. So that's all I'm going to say. 150, give back 500. It's like my friend, he goes to casinos. He's like, ah, I got a, I, I, I dropped, uh, uh, you know, 30 grand, 50 grand. He goes, but I got a free steak dinner. I was like, yeah, you feel better about it when you spend 50 grand for a steak is basically what you did. But, you know, that's part of the, the whole thing. Yeah. I'm not, a, you know, I I only go to casinos uh, two or three, four times a year. You know, we hit Atlantic City a couple times a year, Vegas once or twice a year. You know, and I just, you know, I bring 10 or 15 grand with me that I'm going to play with, want to lose. Sometimes I walk away with more. Sometimes I walk away with less. But, you know, that's just the way it goes. I enjoy playing, win or lose. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the mentality you got to have when you do it, for sure. So, oh, yeah. all right, man, I mean, we'll listen. I, I, I can't handle seeing these people like, uh, oh, God, this is my life, you know. To me, it's just an activity that I enjoy doing occasionally. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Listen, man, great talking to you. Congrats on 10,000 volts, and we'll do more, of course, closer to when the record comes out. And uh, I will see you in, like, a week and a half, I'll keep you posted. I'll hit you with a text with the plan. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. And and I want to wish Kiss the very best and health, happiness. I I'm, I'm wish them well for, uh, for their two shows at the Garden, even though I'm not going to be there. And, uh, you know, there's, there's no bad blood, you know. I mean, I just... It is what it is, and uh, I hope everything goes well for them on the end of the road tour and after they've retired, which I don't know if it's really going to happen because those guys are workaholics. So, you know, for all I know, I'll get a call from Gene in six months and they'll want to put a band together with me. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, those guys, I mean, I don't think you can believe any band when they do a farewell because no band's ever done it. Of course, they... Kiss did a farewell with you two, 20 years ago, so who knows? I mean, we'll we'll see what happens after this weekend. But um, uh, thank you, man. Thanks for the time. I'll talk to you soon, all right? We'll be in touch. All right. Uh, great talking to you, and thanks for having me on. Anytime, buddy. Talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks to Ace. Always fun to visit with him on Trunk Nation, and look forward to that new record coming out in 2024, and I'm sure – More interviews to come as usual. Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. 
Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm getting married today. I'm also a firefighter and first responder. When you move over and slow down, you're making sure I can make it to my ceremony to start the next chapter of my life. When you see flashing lights, remember, they're not just roadside workers. Thank you for moving over and slowing down. There are two things that are absolutely true. Grandma loves you, and she would never say no to McDonald's. So treat yourself to a Grandma McFlurry with your order today. It's what Grandma would want. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. All right, I told you we'd change gears for the second half of the podcast, bring you a newer, younger artist. Mark LaBelle is the fantastic lead singer from one of the best new young rock bands out there, Dirty Honey, released a new album called Can't Find the Breaks. Here's Mark talking about it on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. We're finishing up the show with a visit now from lead singer of a band that is very near and dear to my heart. The, I think this show was one of their first ever radio interviews back in the day. And now look at them. They're out there being big rock stars, headlining shows, opening for big bands, girls throwing stuff at their feet. Here's lead singer Mark LaBelle from Dirty Honey. Is that all happening, Mark? Tell me it's all happening. You, you couldn't be more accurate today. <laughs> Eddie Trunk, that's where everybody comes for truth nowadays. Living the dream, baby. You're living the dream, right? <laughs> no, we kind of are, actually. It's um, been great, man. Yeah, we're like 11 shows in on this tour right now, and it's um, it's been really amazing. And uh, we actually just played the last show last night in North Carolina before the record comes out, which I'm really eager to, um, you know, to have happen, obviously, because it's kind of a strange thing to be playing songs that nobody's really had a chance to listen to, um, yeah. you know, at live shows. So, but it's cool. It's been going great. Well, in all seriousness, I'm super happy and proud of you guys because, uh, I do remember when it just wasn't that long ago where nobody knew who the hell you were. And I had you on the show and we just met and now just seeing all these great things happen for you out there has been awesome. And it's proof that, if you can deliver the goods and you got the songs and you got the total package in this world we're in now where you constantly hear, Oh, rock bands can't break through. You can't get, they can't get things happening. No, that's not true. You guys are walking proof that you can do it. If you've got everything in line and you're good. And uh, I'm really happy to see that man, because it flies in the face of what people say all the time about, it's nonsense about rock being dead and new bands can't break through. So congrats on everything. The new album is out tomorrow. Can't find the breaks and had a chance to hear it, man. And I got to tell you, I, I not only think it's a great record, but it's a real, it's just the next step for you guys. It feels like it's just, you know, everything has come together and gelled even more. Tell me about making this record. You went to Australia again to do it, right? Yeah. And that was a big thing. I think for all of us was, you know, the last record that we did, obviously everybody made a record during COVID and we kind of had to make ours over Zoom or whatever with our producer living in Australia. And obviously there was no cross-contamination between the U.S. and Australia. So um, when it came time to make this one, we were 
you know, we had a couple of options as to who to do it with and where to go, but ultimately we felt like we had some real unfinished business with Nick and we wanted to get back down there and, and get in the studio with him. And he has a beautiful studio there that, um, like it's in the mountain, in the hills of Byron Bay. And it's like, it's just amazing. So, uh, it was a really inspiring place to be and to make it. Um, but just really getting in the studio with everybody and feeling the vibes together was uh, a big part of why the record came out the way it did. Yeah, it really is killer. And I can't wait for everybody to have a chance to hear it when it hits tomorrow. When you, you know, they say that you've got, there's that old adage, Mark, that bands have their whole career to make their first record. In the case of what you guys did, you led with an EP and then the full record. And then now this, the real full length second record. But, you know, I know, like, I know on the last record, I think you only had eight songs. And I remember asking you, like, why only eight songs? And you were like, because that's all we thought was really good to put out. So so leading into this one, you know, what was the writing process like? What was the goals like? What were you shooting for? Because now there is a precedent. Now there is stuff that people expect from your band. There's a certain level that they expect. And now it's about maintaining or exceeding that. So was that in your mind going into this record? For sure. I think every band um, other than maybe like ACDC goes through some sort of period of evolution. And obviously they inevitably had to with their singer passing away. But, you know, I, I love ACDC. They're one of my favorite bands, but they are so good at doing their thing that, um, you know, if, if you're looking for that, there's nowhere else you need to turn. Like you go to ACDC, but even like Metallica, The Stones, Aerosmith, Zeppelin, there's all these different flavors in their music over the course of their career. And, and those are all bands that we look up to. And, um, you know, we, we needed to add some, some evolution to our style and to our recordings and to the songwriting. And, and I definitely think we achieved that, um, you know, in this, in this most recent effort, I'm like extremely proud of, of everything on there. There's certainly a lot of rock and roll that, you know, we're known for um those flavors are obviously still going to be there but there's definitely some spreading of the the creative wings so to speak and and that was definitely intentional yeah i mean that's what i meant by just the next step because even right to the opening track don't put out the fire i mean just the way it starts it's a very stonesy sort of swagger to it in the riff it's just really really cool it just i know right out of the gate it kind of sends a different message that you guys are taking another step, I feel like. Yeah, and, um, you know, that was an interesting one to start with, and that, that intro that you're specifically talking about was something I personally fought for quite a bit because it was kind of an accident when we were just rehearsing songs in L.A. before we got to to uh, Australia, and I, I really fought to at least track that part, and um, it kind of got lost along the way in mixing, and I was like, can we insert that back in there, please? Because... Uh, I really like it, um, and I just thought it was a cool way to start, you know, a new um, a new era of our, you know, musical journey. So, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, the whole record, top to bottom, again, it's out tomorrow, and uh, 11 new songs this time around from Dirty Honey. You know, talk a little bit, Mark, about what I maybe what I just said earlier, because, you know, we got a ton of people that listen to this show that are all trying to figure it out with their own bands and trying to figure out a way to jump out and get radio play and stand out and have a fighting chance out there in, in yeah. rock music for new and up and coming acts. And for people that don't know and don't know the story, you guys really 
went at this. I mean, you know, you've got a great team behind you, but you really went out this at this thing with no label and you really went out and built this thing from the ground up the way the way the great bands were always built from the ground up, putting in the work. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like for younger bands listening that are trying to figure out how to cut through, you know, they're all looking at you. They're looking at the Greta Van Fleets of the world, the bands that have really broken through and new new rock bands that have really got something happening. You know, what 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 would you say beyond having the songs would be the best advice to the, the up and comers? Yeah, I think the two things I tell, you know, any aspiring, you know, band or musicians or kids or whatever is that you've got to just constantly be working on songs, A, and constantly play live wherever you can. It doesn't matter. Um, if you can gain one fan at the beginning, playing at a bar or playing at a, in a park somewhere, like playing on the street, it doesn't, you're, you're honing your craft over time. And I think, until you make that jump of getting like a booking agent and going on your first tour, you have to do as much as you can on your own to get good at songwriting and performing live. And I think once we got on our first tour ever with, with red sun rising, goodbye June, um, you know, it's probably like a 30 day tour. That was where I really started to see us gelling and, and really becoming like a, an actual touring band that's like seasoned because uh, there there definitely is no replacing that getting up on stage four or five nights a week and doing it and working on like converting, you know, basically strangers into fans. Like there, there's an art to that. Um, and you kind of have to have, to your point, the whole package, you got to have songs and you got to be able to, um, to really entertain people and turn them into fans that are going to, you know, come see you when you come through town. So it's not easy. I can tell you that. Yeah. And you guys are still very much working at it. I mean, it's still, it's still a process. You're still building it. You're currently on a headline tour. Uh, you'll be uh, playing tomorrow in Baltimore is the next date. And everybody can see all the dates at dirtyhoney.com. So far in the history of the band, Mark, what has been the highlight in terms of, I'm ima- I imagine it's on on the live front, but I mean you've had the opportunity to open for some huge bands, whether it be GNR or uh, you know anyone else. So far in the very young history of Dirty Honey, for you, what has been some of the highlights so far? There are so many. Like even from our first show with the Black Crows in Nashville, and Chris Robinson basically telling me to suck it up. Uh, nobody threw a shoe at you tonight, like go out there and have fun with your friends. Um, that's something that still resonates uh, with me when, you know, I, maybe you're not having your, your best day or night or whatever. And you just gotta, you know, change your mindset and, you know, tell yourself you're lucky enough to do what you love. And then, I mean, playing with them uh, at Red Rocks for two nights sold out was like an experience like no other. And another one that comes to mind is, um, yeah, opening for GNR at Hyde Park was fucking unbelievable. So there's there's been quite a few, but those are definitely um, some that stand out. And I, I noticed in talking to like a lot of, um, you know, bluesy-based hard rock bands, they tend to really get embraced in England and Europe, maybe even more so than in America. Uh, you know, I love Rival Sons. I know they do well over there. Uh, Blackstone Cherry does way better over there than they do even here in the U.S. 
have you found that with Dirty Honey? Is there an is there a bigger audience for you in some respects outside of America right now? It's tough to say because America is so vast that, and it's one culture, you know, with ebbs and flows throughout the whole gigantic country that, you know, like we could go to London and play a huge show and then go out of maybe to Norway or something and play one that's a little smaller, still great, but it's just tough to gauge. We kind of, I kind of expected that, um, I kind of expected us to have success in the UK and Europe first and the American success just happened to come first. Um, you know, not, not by accident. Obviously a lot of people worked very hard, um, you know, to help us break through, but yeah, that happened first conversely to the way it happened for someone like rival sons. Um, and we really looked up to them early on because they were a Southern California band going to Europe all the time and touring and, it just seemed like that was the case, and thankfully there there just happened to be a, an appetite for rock and roll domestically here again, which is which is great, and we're still experiencing it now, which is awesome. But yeah, there's there are some markets that stand out in Europe, like Italy and Spain, the UK, that are definitely extremely crazy for rock and roll. Um, honestly, all our shows in the Netherlands have been amazing, and the venues are all beautiful. It's just it's weird going over there and going country to country and it can, like everything is different when you go from maybe the Netherlands, you know, one night and then you bounce into Italy the next and you're dealing with different fans. The way they react to the songs is different. They might, they might sing along. They might not. You just don't know. Um, but yeah, I would just take it country to country, honestly. Outside of all the travel you do with the band playing all around the world, you anybody that follows your Instagram, you personally love to travel and you you're an outdoor you're an outdoors guy. You get I, I remember it was like a year or two ago I was texting you and you're like, Yeah, I'm in Alaska running from a bear or something and I was like, Get out of here and, you, and then you showed me a picture of like you with like a grizzly bear in the background and I was with some friends, I go, Look at this and they go that's not real. That's photoshopped. I go, no, you don't know Mark. That's probably real. So you, you real. really love that getting out there, real. right? I love, uh, I love getting out. I love, I'm very much, I've come to realize I'm very much like uh slash in that way. We both love being on the road and, you know, seeing the world and experiencing everything the world has to offer. And, you know, nobody works harder than that guy, but I think it's because he likes to, he likes to do it. And, you know, in my off time, I mean, we, we haven't been home for more than two weeks this whole year. So, and, and I'm certainly even more guilty of not being home because, um, yeah, like I had a couple of days and I wanted to go up to Canada and chase bears, um, before this tour started. And I wanted, you know, I love wildlife photography. So that like, you know, really works well with travel and, you know, seeing beautiful places. So, um, yeah, I mean, why not? Like, what are we here for? To sit in our houses and have four walls and air conditioning? It's, you might as well get out there and experience life because it's not going to last forever. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. It's very, very cool to see. Um, the other thing real quick that I wanted to mention about the band is um, there's been a lineup change. You've got a new drummer, right? Yep. Tell me about that. Jayden yeah, Jaden uh, came on um, before our last, we, we did a European tour um, in January of this year and we went back over in the summer, but he came on um, pretty much right. Just about a year ago. And uh, cause Corey just, you know, Corey didn't love touring and 
we were gearing up to go to, to Europe again and, and he was going through some stuff, um, some personal stuff. And, you know, he just sent us all a very loving note that he just didn't think touring was really for him and he wanted to bow out and it was very gracious the way he did it. And, you know, certainly no hard feelings. And Jaden came in um, really kind of as a lifesaver and he's been a dear friend of all of ours for a long time. So it wasn't uh, unfamiliar territory at all. And, you know, he played in um, the bars and clubs with us before anybody knew who we were um, filling in here and there. And like, it, it actually was a pretty seamless transition. It was interesting the first like four shows in Europe on that first tour, but we, um, we hacked our way through it, which was uh, not my favorite way to go about things, but it's just, those are growing pains. Anytime you change anything, it's just going to be that way. And once we got through those first couple of shows, it was like, okay, now we're, now we're firing and I, and I like what we're doing. And, you know, there's um he's got a little, he had a little bit of a, unfamiliarity maybe with like tempos at first and you got to work through that and get those right because we don't use anything as you know behind us there's no tracks there's no metronome there's nothing we're just thank god we we go on tour with bands sometimes i i won't name names but like their drummers will come up to us and they'll be like you guys aren't using anything like you're so naked up there it's crazy and we're like dude like that's rock and roll. What are you talking about? Absolutely. That's, all, that's how all my fans do it. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so for him to jump on and, and be open to all those things that we're accustomed to was, was great. And he's been a great asset, not only in the live um, show, but also in the studio. He's a great, great songwriter. He's got a great familiarity with harmonies and stuff and groove and, you know, pushing songs forward in the writing room and, and process. So it's been, uh, it's been a pleasure, honestly. Yeah. And Co Corey was in touch with me and uh, he was doing drum lessons and stuff. And he said the same thing you said. I mean, it, it's just, th th I think it's hard for fans to understand that it's like, you can go after the dream of being in a touring rock band, but some people, when they get there, uh, they realize it's, it is so consuming that, it, not everyone is wired to be able to do it and to be able to be away that much and be in all these different places and countries. It can f sound real glamorous from the outside, but once you get in there and do it, I mean, clearly you're wired for it, but not everybody is. And some people just don't hang. I know a lot of people that have been like that. And I get asked uh, questions all the time and people think there's like way more to the story. And in reality, it's just like, you know, living on the, on the road is just not for them. They're not lifers for it. Yeah, and I mean, look at John Bonham. Wasn't I? I don't know the story of of how he passed specifically, but I, from what I've read and heard, like he really missed being at home with Jason, and like his way of coping was was boozing and partying hard to like forget about his pain. And I, I don't know if that's the reason, but you know, uh, as a uh, indirect reason, I guess it cost him his life, and I'm. I don't want that to happen to anybody, obviously. So, yeah. um, yes, it's not for everybody. It's, it's definitely not easy. And even when you like graduate from the van to the bus, it's still not easy. Like just today, like last night we were driving up, uh, from Charlotte to Baltimore and like, I can tell I'm on East coast roads again, cause the ride ain't smooth, you know, and you're up all night <laughs> like tossing and turning on, uh, I don't know. What is it? I 95 or something. But, yeah, that would be the turnpike, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not uh it's it's a ton of fun, 
I'm so happy to have the opportunity to tour the world with my friends, but um, it's, it's definitely not easy at times, but when you get on stage and the show goes great, you're, you're grateful for all the good and bad moments um, that go with touring. That's for sure. Well, everybody check out the, uh, the second full length album from dirty honey. Can't find the breaks is out everywhere tomorrow. Dirtyhoney.com is where you get your your uh, your tour dates. The band's currently out headlining, which to me is any band you love. It's the best way to see them in a in a cool club or theater and see them do a full set. Uh, November third tomorrow in Baltimore, and the dates run from there. Pennsylvania, Asbury Park, New Jersey, and uh, got a little news flash for you, buddy. Um, I have a second home in Vegas. Yesterday, I didn't think I was going to be there when you play. But uh, as of last night, my schedule changed, and I will be there when you guys play the Sand Dollar downtown Vegas on November 19th. So I look forward to seeing you and the boys in a couple weeks. Hell yeah. Is that F1 weekend, by the way? Uh, F1, I, it might be. F1 mania is happening right now in Vegas. It is crazy what they're doing. Like if you have a apartment or a was, condo that overlooks the track, you went to the uh, you went to the Sphere too, didn't you? I oh yeah, I went to opening night. Yeah, yeah, that was. Um, I went to opening night too. That was amazing, by the way. But uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, we texted it. and we didn't know we were each there until afterwards. I, I remember uh, that. Yeah, my bad. I um, yeah, I did get to see what was going on in Vegas. It's crazy the construction that's happening there right now. But it's nuts because if you have an apartment or a condo that overlooks where the cars are going by, if you don't pay a fee, they they're coming over for the night for the day of the race and blacking out your windows. <laughs> like oh, they're really? dropping a giant curtain. Yeah, that's how much money is involved in this thing. And they're building these grandstands. I mean, I'm not a big race guy, so I'm gonna just try to avoid it because it's gonna be mayhem. But I hear it's like a bigger moneymaker than the Super Bowl, which is also in Vegas this you know the, the next one. So yeah, it's pretty crazy what's going on there. But you guys, you guys are going to be downtown on Fremont, I believe, where this venue is. So you might be a little bit. You're going to be away from that, hopefully. Well, I'm looking right now. We are playing the same uh, the same day as the F1 race, so it's going to be hell in Vegas that day. I'm sure getting around. Yeah, but again, you're in Fremont. You're downtown, so if you stay down by that area, you should be fine because the the race, to my knowledge, isn't coming that way by the strip. Yeah, up by, like, way, way, way more up, like, by Caesars and stuff. I'm going to go try and check out this race, too. I got, you know, I don't, have to, I don't have obligations to, like, four that day, so. Well, I'll hit you up. I get back. Uh, I'm in the day before, so um, I think you probably have a gig, but hit me up when you're around. We'll, we'll definitely hang. Killer. Oh, yeah, you're off the day before. You're going to be off the day. You're off on the 18th. You're going to be in Vegas then? I don't know if we've decided yet that far out, but it's very highly possible. A Saturday night in Vegas with a day off sounds like uh, there's some good trouble to be had. That's where you want your day off. So, yeah, I get I get in that day. So, definitely, let's remember to text each other this time, and I definitely look forward to seeing you and the guys. Yeah, likewise, man. Always a pleasure. Hey, uh, say hi to everybody. Travel safe out there, Mark. And every, again, every this truly, you know, is is a great young band that so many people have told me they've heard about through me talking about and playing, and that's awesome because that's why I do this. And th these guys live up to the billing. They they kick ass. So go see them real live, real fucking kick ass rock music. And anybody that calls me like, hey, there's no good young rock bands. Bullshit. You just got to find them. Dirty Honey's one of them. 
Can't Find the Breaks is out tomorrow. They're on tour. Go see them. You will not be disappointed, and you won't be hearing any friggin' laptops, that's for sure. So, all right, buddy. We'll all right, see you good, soon. Eddie. Thanks, man. All right. Take care. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Well, one of my favorite shows of 2023 was seeing the band Dirty Honey, small club in Vegas called The Sand Dollar, just a couple months ago, as a matter of fact. Tremendous set from a totally live, real rock band. And look forward, well, the new album is out now. Can't find the breaks. Be sure to check it out. And look forward to the new Ace Freely record. We heard from Ace a little earlier in the podcast as well. Thank you guys for listening to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Much appreciated. Catch me on the radio each and every weekday live 3 to 5 Eastern on Faction Talk 103 on Sirius XM or anytime live or on demand on the Sirius XM app. And I'll see you guys next Thursday for another new episode of the podcast as well. Have a very healthy, happy new year. Happy 2024, everybody. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Hi, I'm Josie. My daughter turns five today. I'm also an Ohio State Highway Patrol trooper. When you move over and slow down, you're making sure I can get home to celebrate with my daughter. When you see flashing lights, remember, they're not just roadside workers. Thank you for moving over and slowing down.